Coming up on today's edition of Locked On Eagles, the Eagles have signed a potential new starting linebacker. We have our takeaways on that, plus grading the Eagles non-in-house free agent signing. So Marcus Mariota, Rashad Penny, all that and more on this Tuesday edition of Locked On Eagles. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome in, Eagles fans, to a Tuesday edition of the show. I'm Louis DiBiase, as always, joined by my co-host, Gino Camilleri. You can find our podcast Monday through Friday on all podcast platforms. Gino, as I teased, we have a new signing to get into today, and we were joking about it before the show started. It's a new player, but it's at a position that they do the exact same thing, it feels like, Every single year, it's a one-year inexpensive contract for a player that every time we ask the team that had him before, they always say he was good, not great, not terrible either. And it's at the linebacker position. The Philadelphia Eagles today agreed to a one-year contract with former Bears linebacker Nicholas Morrow, who had 116 tackles last year and played in every snap for Chicago. But at the same time, Gino, you talked to our guy, Lauren Cox of Lockdown Bears, and he wasn't overly hype-worthy either for this signing. He basically said that he's a good athlete. He's fast. He yeah. can cover a lot of space, but can he do it under control? Is he somebody that you're going to want to rely on in coverage? Is he somebody that's going to be a pure run stuffer? I don't know. He's a jack of many trades, it seems, and it seems that he's a master of none of them. But we're going to have to get back to that MO that the Eagles don't pay linebackers. And N'Kobe Dean is more than likely going to be one of those starting two. And Nick Morrow, outside of Sean Bradley, seems to be the guy that is going to start opposite of N'Kobe There's nobody Dean else. At this point in time, there, there quite literally is nobody else until they go in the draft. And it seems that they're probably going to at least have to add one more between the draft between maybe a third wave of free agency. But Nick Morrow is one of those signings that probably won't even count towards the compensatory pick formula. I'm sure it's close to a veteran minimum type of deal. But Brad Spielberger, one of the guys from Over the Cap, made a great point that maybe this could be one of those signings that, hey, it's not the Kaiser White level, but you could turn around and potentially get a seventh round comp pick for the guy if he gets yeah. signed away next year. Or you could keep him on the cheap. And I'm interested to see what they do. But Nick Morrow, it really fits what they want to do in terms of guys in their front seven and guys that will be able to cover as well is that they have to be good athletes. And Lauren Cox yeah. from Lockdown Bears said that if you were going to take anything away from Nicholas Morrow's game, it's that he does have the athleticism to play in the National Football League. Yeah, for sure. And I think this is a solid signing. Again, not somebody that I think has the upside of being one of the best linebackers in football. But at the same time, Gino, this isn't the Justin Evans signing yesterday. They mm -hmm. bring in a former New Orleans Saints safety, who I think it's obvious he's not going to be an option as a starter next year at that position. Whereas Morrow right now is, as you mentioned, the favorite to start next to N'Kobe Dean. It's just, this is the same Howie Roseman signing he makes every year. Last year with Kazir White, and it worked. Then you look in the past, it was the one-year deal with Corey Nelson. If you don't remember him, it's because it did not work out. He was a starter for the Denver Broncos. Some people thought after that Super Bowl run, he could be your new you know, hidden gem that becomes a really good player. Didn't work out. 
They made the same move for LJ Fort. That didn't work out because the Eagles didn't give Ford an opportunity to play, and they cut him. He goes to Baltimore and has a, actually a really good year. You look at the Zach Brown signing in 2019, Eric Wilson in 2021. Gino, most of these moves have not worked, but it did work last year with Kazir White. So here's to hoping that Morrow falls on the right side of history. It really tells us two things, Lou. One, that they got extremely lucky hitting on TJ Edwards, keeping him in-house and developing him. Yeah, that's for sure. And the best year that maybe TJ had of his career was when he was paired with arguably the best linebacker in a duo that we can talk about going back to the early 2000s. I mean, thank God, by the way, TJ worked out, you know, because even the third round pick they spent on Davian Taylor, that didn't work either. No, it did not. And that's a great point that Kaiser White was almost brought in as a necessity because you would have expected Davian Taylor to get this Nicobe Dean type of bump where there's nobody there. You're the young athlete that was drafted yeah. to fill this position. Well, good thing is Nicobe Dean actually produced at a high level and isn't much of a project as opposed to what Davian Taylor was. Sure. And I am right there with a lot of people now saying like, let's just give Nicobe the, the keys and what's the worst that's going to happen, right? Looks he has like his worst season in his career, and then he gets better from every year on going forward. And that's what you have to expect. And sometimes with these young linebackers, you got to just throw them into the fire and see if they can play. Look at Devin Bush for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Lou. He finds his way out of Pittsburgh. They spent two first-round picks on him. They moved up to go and get Devin Bush. But you have to find out if these linebackers can play. You're either a guy that could cover ground, come down and stop the run, which N'Kobe Dean looked like he could do last year. And now with an right. expanded role, man, is this guy going to average 10 plus tackles a game? We'll at find this out. Time? Hammer the over most weeks. I feel like next year, Gino and LOE three, the over on N'Kobe Dean tackles Absolutely. is going to be uh, a popular they lose one. The yeah. Top five guys though, Lou, you have to expect that he would. And oh, unless sure. you expect Morrow to double it up and go a hundred plus in back-to-back seasons, N'Kobe Dean seems to be that guy. Well, and you made the interesting point. I mean, I just talked about all the linebackers they missed on. They almost kind of got saved by this undrafted rookie in TJ Edwards turning mm-hmm. into a stud. This time around, they're probably going to get saved by Nicobe Dean, a day one talent falling to the third round because of phantom injury concerns. And now he's completely healthy. So, you know, they're probably going to get lucky at this position again. And I think linebacker, I saw an interesting poll today by a fan. Wish I could credit him remember don't can't remember the name but he mentioned he put up a poll and it was what position does Howie Roseman prioritize or value the least and it was safety running back and linebacker I think by far it's linebacker because yeah they don't invest a lot in running back or safety but at least a running back you can say he spent a second round pick on Miles Sanders and traded a fourth for Jay Ajayi and you can say that you know, at safety, he paid Rodney McLeod multiple times. He traded for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. He offered an extension to Chauncey. Last year, he wanted to pay Marcus Williams. At linebacker, the most that he's invested in this position since he took over again in 2016, what, a third-round pick for Davian Taylor and Nicobe Dean? Outside of that, it's been, again, these one-year prove-it rental deals. They didn't pay Jordan Hicks when they had the opportunity nope. to. The biggest they didn't pay anybody. They- the biggest move that they made at that position came under Chip Kelly when they moved LaShawn McCoy for Kiko. Chip Alonso. wouldn't stop. They had D'Amico Ryan's and Michael Kendricks. He yep. trades for Kiko, then drafts Jordan Hicks in the third round. Chip was the 
complete bizarro Howie Roseman at this position. 100%. And now you're sitting there looking at the linebacker position once again, Lou, and you have to think back to that Super Bowl year. Do you remember that Danelle Ellerby, somebody that they signed late in the season, was taking middle linebacker snaps for them in question, the Super Bowl? Like 10 years down the road. Absolutely. And that's the big, the biggest onus, I would say, of anything that Howie Roseman could do that in the biggest moment, in the biggest game, what was the one position that they prioritized the absolute least? And you, you have to look at it and say it was linebacker. And yeah. outside of a single season where you got TJ Edwards and Kaiser White to play very, very good football, that's been a position that you have won games in spite of. And hopefully, fingers crossed, you get lucky with Nicobe Dean. Nick Morrow is an athlete, at least can run. Hopefully, he could continue to tackle. Eric Wilson comes here. That guy just didn't seem interested at all in coming downhill and tackling. Yeah. If you want to be a linebacker in Philadelphia, there's two things that you need. You Well, actually three, I would say. You need athleticism to cover sideline to sideline. I think you need to have that want to come down and clean up the spill because that's what the defensive linemen are going to do. And you have to be good enough in coverage to be a linebacker because TJ was never premier at coverage. Even last year, he was just okay but they will get by as long as you could clean up the mess from that defensive line because everything goes from the defensive line, then the secondary, and the linebackers, they just get whatever's left over at the end of the day. Absolutely, but Howie Roseman continues to add talent outside of the organization, Gino. That's what I want to get into coming up next. We've really dove into all the grades and our thoughts on the re-signings of veterans like Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Darius Slay and James Bradbury. But what about the signings Howie has made outside of the organization? Our thoughts on those, including Nicholas Morrow, the new linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles, coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. And guys, today's show is sponsored by FanDuel, the official sports book of the Lockdown Podcast Network. The tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more you can bet on the tournament the nba playoffs coming up the nhl playoffs as well nfl futures all that at more at fanduel.com slash locked on make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba nfl and now the locked on podcast network all right eagles fans we are continuing on this tuesday edition of locked on eagles we talked about the eagles new signing of linebacker nicholas morrow who was a 17-game starter for the Chicago Bears last year, Gino. And that's a, just another signing how he is made outside of the organization. You saw yesterday he brings in New Orleans Saints safety Justin Evans for some depth, signed Greedy Williams last week, the Cleveland Browns' former second-round pick. You look at Marcus Mariota comes in to back up Jalen Hurts. He signed Rashad Penny a few weeks ago as well. What are your overall thoughts on the moves how he has made outside of you know running it back and the most important we said it all offseason after the Super Bowl. The most important moves were going to come inside the Novacare complex and then the draft as well. But I feel like these moves have been uh, pretty solid as well that he's made outside of the team. If there's one way to describe it, I'm going to 
take everybody through a virtual tour of a store right here, right? Let's say it's a big box store that rhymes with Schmalschmart, all right? You walk into Schmalschmart, and you take a big, long walk from the beginning of the store. You walk all the way to the electronics aisle, right? And you walk past the Playstations, the Xboxes, and then there's this section of DVDs. And there's the brand new ones that are out on Blu-ray, right? And they're all stacked nicely. And there's five, six, seven of those in a bundle. And then you look over and just in the middle of the aisle is this ball pit-esque looking thing that is consumed by thousands of random DVDs. And you're going to look through that thing and say, what is this scary movie 12? No, I've never even heard of this movie. And then you, and then you're going to pick it up and say, Oh, saving private Ryan, like my favorite movie. I'm, I'm going to buy this for a buck and a half. That's what that's been. They have gone to this DVD bin and said, we are going to try and find value. That's exactly what they did. We have to try and find something good in this mishmash of what is free agency. What is guys that are looking to cash in? Not this year. They're trying to get that one-year deal, maybe go on and get a bigger deal next year. That's what it seems to be. They went into that bargain bin and are hoping that they open up some of those DVDs and that they got away with a winner. And maybe they walk out and, hey, it was an empty case and there's nothing really in there. Yeah. And that could be the, the good situation. thing is you spent $2 on that. Exactly. 10 CD or DVD collection. Bingo. Know? There you so go. So that's the thing is as we mentioned, all of the moves to run it back, we're going to be in house. None of these moves are really high risk, high reward. It's low risk, high reward. You know, when you look at greedy Williams, if it doesn't pan out, they don't need him to start in 2023. Right. But if it does pan out, here's this former potential day one talent coming out of the sec. That was a second round selection. He was a popular pick to the Eagles in 2019 has good length, has good speed. If he develops in Philadelphia, both your corners are over the age of 30. Who knows if they're going to draft a corner this year. There's an opportunity for a guy to have a future. You look at Justin Evans right now. Outside of Reed Blankenship, there's nobody else in this safety room. So you look at Rashad Penny. I mean, that guy two years ago was leading the league in rushing the final 10 weeks of the season. When he's healthy, he's one of the best backs in football. He's not always healthy. Greedy Williams has not been consistent. He's been injured a lot. Justin Evans is not a starter. But again, like you said, Gino, it's hey, we're, we don't have to spend a lot of money here and there could be a lot higher return on our investment. So, you know, I think that was that's your typical Howie Roseman type of offseason. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. When With these moves, though, again, it's not really going to make or break you either way. And I also think it's a testament to Howie and doing things the right way by keeping your in-house talent first, right? I mean, outside of that Rashad Penny move, they got a lot of those deals done in-house before they went on and even tried to sign the Marcus Mariotas of the world. And we're right. just seeing these Justin Evans moves and you just see the Nicholas Morrow because they wanted to get their deals done with those guys that they value. And good for Howie Roseman, knowing that middle ground. This was a big middle ground offseason for me, Lou, when it, when it came to Howie Roseman because you had to keep Eagles. You had to yeah. keep guys that performed yeah. at a high level, but you also, with Chauncey Garner-Johnson, you're looking at him and Javon Hargrave, you couldn't go out of that bargain bin. You had to stick to the bargain bin. Like, yeah, that new Blu-ray movie looks great, right? But you just can't afford it. You got five bucks in your pocket, and that's what happens when you go back home and you have a 100-inch TV with all the surround sound, 3D glasses, which is 
your entertainment center, which is Jalen Hurts. Like you're not going to be able to afford these big box movies. You're going to have to take a dip in the bargain bin. And at the end of the day, low risk, high reward. Because if you do, let's say hit the Rashad Penny pick out of the park and Greedy even becomes a serviceable player. Like, heck, maybe you have your fourth cornerback that is your number one guy off the bench and Zach McPherson doesn't work out and maybe Greedy wants to play special teams. You never know what you can get in these value signings because they're going to have to come in and know that they signed this deal yeah, because there really wasn't a market for them and they have to cash in on their opportunity. This is a contract year for all of those guys simply because they only have one year on that thing. It's not even going to be a full 12 months in Philadelphia. Yeah, I think the one move of all of those that is the most make or break is Rashad Penny because I know we saw Bajan Robinson visited Philadelphia, but I don't think the Eagles are going to draft a running back within the first two rounds. Maybe they take a guy in round three. Maybe they trade up for somebody and he's part a bigger part of that rotation than like a seventh round pick would be, Gino. But I feel like Rashad Penny, he, I mean, again, they have Kenny G. They have Boston Scott. They have an elite offensive line in Jalen Hurts. Is he truly make or break? No, but of all of these players they signed, he's expected to be the one lead guy, right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. expected right now heading in to be the starter even over Kenneth Gainwell. His talent, his effectiveness when he's on the field, a lot of times it's better than Miles Sanders. So I think the most pressure comes with Penny. And of course, he's the one of all these guys that gets injured the most. Do any of these moves and I keep referencing the Mike Wallace move in 2018 where Tory Smith leaves and it's like, okay, that was a big need and something that really helped that offense. And they went and got Mike Wallace to fill that role. And do any of these really seem like that? Because to me, I don't, I don't think so because that running back, it's like kind of say Penny, but Penny's young. That's the thing. Yeah. and, And you still have Kenny Gainwell, who I'm very high on. The Eagles are very high on Boston. Scott, you know, could be a one B any day of the week. Yeah. It's not like any of these guys are tasked with being the end all be all replacement. We'll see what happens at safety at the end of the day. If that is the case. And we're talking about this in 2024 saying, how on earth did Justin Evans start 17 games plus playoff games for the Philadelphia Oof, Eagles? I hope that's, that, that's the, the worst case scenario, Lou. We have to hope that right now that they have bigger plans in store. And from three very well-respected Eagles beat writers that all tweeted within a couple minutes of each other, that being uh, John Clark, Zach Berman, and Dave Zingaro, all yesterday after Justin Evans was signed, saying that something else is going to happen at safety. It might just be a blatantly obvious statement, but those guys just don't say things to say things, especially Zach Berman or Zingaro. I mean, Clark is around the media a lot more, but they have to have something in mind. There's too much out there with the guy, the Bayards of the world. What's the cost on Jeremy Chin? There's still Adrian Amos is out there. If you want to go get them, Taylor Rapp, something has to happen. But right now, for what you have, just keeping your feet in place, being where you are with what they brought in. I think they have exceeded what I thought they would do in terms of numbers, bringing guys in, but at those positions, I think they hit it right on the head. I mean, you knew you were going to have to get a backup quarterback. You knew you're probably going to have to add a running back, one safety of sorts, potentially adding another corner. Maybe corner was the one that took me off guard a little bit, but Outside of that, man, I, I think what they've done so far is yeah. 
you're not going to get mad when you're spending less than like $5 million right. outside of Marcus. But And you mentioned Mariota. I know he's the most expensive here, but I think he's an upgrade over Gardner Minshew and removing oh, the nostalgia hey. part of it. I really am excited about that move. I, you know, again, you never want to lose your starting quarterback, but if Jalen Hurts were to go down and you needed Marcus Mariota to play meaningful games, I'm pretty confident that mm-hmm. with the offensive line he has in front of him, the playbook, I think, fits his strengths a lot. You look at the weapons that he'd have around him. I'm very confident in the Eagles QB2 more than I've been, honestly, since Nick Foles was here. So I think Howie Roseman did a good job. Again, none of these are super sexy picks, but some of them could be very important. You never know who's going to step up, Gino. I mean, look at 2017 through 2020 and look at all of the random Eagles. Craven LeBlanc is now a household name for diehard Eagles fans. And, you know, Corey Clement in, in the Super Bowl. So you truly never know. And uh, we'll see what these guys do in 2023. But the job's not done. You mentioned safety. There's work to be done there. They sign a linebacker today, but still need a lot of work at wide receiver, tight end. We'll talk about some potential still free agent moves they could make later on this offseason. Coming up next right here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. Before we finish up this Tuesday edition of Locked On Eagles, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'll be voting for the peanut butter brownie puff, and if you want to support the Eagles to win, you'll be voting for that bar too. Support your team, support your bar or puff. And when you vote, I still can't believe this. Every time I read it, it just shocks the heck out of me. When you just put in a vote, 50 people will be selected to get a free box of Built Bar. Not only that, one lucky fan will get a 12-month subscription to have Built Bar delivered once every single month to your door. If you don't want to get it at Built.com, go to Sam's Club, go to Walmart. You got to try Built Bar, the best protein bar. I was in our coach's football office the other day. I walked by. I see a glimmer of a salted caramel out of my eye. Saw the Built Bar logo, picked that thing up, ate it on the way home. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, it's 100% real chocolate, doesn't taste like chalk, and you could get it in stores or online. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you are there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. All right, Eagles fans, we are... Wrap, wrapping up, excuse me, our Tuesday edition of Locked on Eagles, March 21st. The Eagles signed Nicholas Morrow today, the starting linebacker for the Chicago Bears. To really round out the show, Gino, I feel like we got to get into still the job that could be done in free agency. Of course, now the biggest moves that are going to come, like who's going to be that next big safety, who's going to start, you know, long-term at right guard, I would say um, the defensive tackle spot still, you know, maybe still linebacker who's wide receiver three. Most of those answers will probably come during the draft and after, but I feel like there are still a lot of names out there that the Eagles could bring in. Like you mentioned it's safety. I mean, Kevin Byard, you look at Adrian Amos is on the open market still. I really liked, we both like Taylor Rapp in the draft process a few years ago. I think it's safety, especially there's still some moves to be made. You you have to look at what they did with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson last year and say until the middle of August or even the week before the season starts that they could have a move in store at that position. And would I like it to be Adrian Amos? I still think he has a lot of good to play in his game 
they just happened to luck into getting Darnell Savage, who's one of the better safeties in the National Football League. And you look at Taylor Rapp. I mean, the Rams, they are completely rebuilding at this point in time. It is evident. Taylor Rapp's a good football player. They just weren't going to sign him. Why not? I mean, these guys are a week or so plus into the market. There clearly isn't that big deal left to be out there, right, Lou? We're we're in the second, right. third wave when it's it's dying down. We know that Chauncey Gardner-Johnson got six and a half million guaranteed. What are these guys going to cost? Like, what is Kevin Byard going to cost the Eagles, who got AJ Brown for like a, a couple bags of chips? You know, like to yeah. look back on it, it's like, was it really that much to get him? No, not at all. And there are moves to be made. I, I'm really intrigued. At wide receiver, because like that's what I where I was gonna go. Yeah, there's a lot of names still out there, man. Mecole is still out. Like, what if he just wants a one year deal, dude? Like, come here and play for a year. I, I mean, I, I sign up for that all day, every day. In my I'm opinion. all in on that because he's just like Quez Watkins, where he has that blazing four three speed. He's a guy you can use in the reverse game, the screens, mm-hmm. pre snap motion. A way better returner than Quez Watkins is too. Outside of last year, too, he was healthy. He even tweeted himself. He's like, everybody's calling me injury prone now, but I played in every game outside of last year. Mm-hmm. So as a rotational guy, is a 3A, 3B with Quez. I know you were all in on me, Cole, in 2019 during that draft process. Yeah, I mean, I think he would fit right in as that fourth option in this passing game because he's not a volume receiver, right? He's not going to be your one or two or even your full-time slot. But with the way him and Quez could feed off each other, I like that a lot. So I think Miko Hartman would probably be the number one option. But even, you know, there's some other guys too, of course. You know, I've mentioned the Nelson Aguilar reunion before. I don't think that's going to happen. But you look at a guy like um, Marvin Jones is still out there, a, a veteran that's a different style of receiver compared to a Quez Watkins. So, Gino, there are definitely some options at receiver. And um, I know Zach Pascal's gone, but I kind of like that, honestly, because it gives them an opportunity to upgrade that spot and do better with pushing Quez. Cause I liked Pascal last year. Sirianni loved him, but as a full receiver, I think there's a higher ceiling you could find even with the free agents that are still available. Here's one for you. And I think this guy would be a nice one to have a reunion with. I think the Eagles got rid of him maybe a year too early. What about Deandre Carter? Former charger. Yeah. Big upside when it comes to return. That's he that's was a, good a reliable point. weapon for Justin Herbert for a large majority of that season when um, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were out. It, it was Guyton and it was DeAndre Carter. Those two guys really had to run the ship for him. And I, I feel like he's like Raheem Mostert, you know, where he became yeah, a really one good year more after going like to the Eagles. Been a stud. Yeah, he he left the Eagles and we didn't really know who he was. And then he becomes a good player elsewhere. You're like, wait, that guy was an Eagle. I feel like that's kind of DeAndre Carter at a lower level. Yeah, he's still 30 years old. I'm, I'm not saying that they have to bring in a young guy or an older guy. I mean, Pascal was what he was 28 when they brought him in last year, if I'm not mistaken. And yep. Carter's two years older. It doesn't keep you away from potentially drafting another wide receiver as well, adding a bunch of those guys in the UDFA pool. It's just really, what do the Eagles want? Like, what is that third player going to be tasked to do? Is it going to be what was was asked to be and it didn't come to fruition and being that field stretcher, somebody that has good hands in that deep third area? Because if it comes to that, there are a ton of guys in the draft, but at the same time, there's a bunch of guys that you could add to your room right now that are veterans, that would be an upgrade over Quez, would definitely be an upgrade over Zach Pascal. Yeah, Zach was good, but we knew what he was. He yeah. was 
he was the Riley Cooper version for Nick Sirianni to what Chip Kelly had Riley Cooper do. He blocks well. Remember that quote, Lou? He yeah. blocks well. When you talk about how a wide receiver yeah, blocks, that's like motor for the guy for, you. for me. Exactly, you know, that's the first exactly. thing you say. I'm like, ooh, so he can't catch. Yeah, Pascal, yeah. I mean, they didn't really have a guy past those top two. That was a reliable third threat. Yeah. And that's like that's another margin move. And I, I think there's margin moves to be made all over the board. I still think there are guys out there on the defensive line. I, I still like the idea of bringing Puna Ford in here to reunite with Sean Desai. Sure. I think that would be a smart one. I mean, Shaquille Griffin, like what's he doing on the sidelines? If I mean, he was in Jacksonville. He was with Seattle before when Desai was there for a little bit. I mean – I know they have a log jam there, but you don't know what the future is going to be at line at cornerback in the next two years. And that's what makes this next two months or so super interesting because after the draft happens, there will probably be another influx of veteran guys that they sign. It's like, which way do they want to go? Do they want to just continue to get young and know what that 2024 draft is going to be? And, or are they just willing to take shots on anybody who presents any upside at all. And I think that's the way Howie Roseman's going to do it because you've seen the Craven LeBlancs come and go, the Corey Clemens come and go, just find the guys at the height of their career, maybe for a year or two and yeah. figure it out past then. Because if you look at 2017, Lou, how many of those guys are still even here? I mean, we're less than a yeah. decade removed. It'll be interesting to continue to follow this for agency continues. We got the draft and as crazy as it sounds, Gino, in like month, four man. and a half weeks. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. We've only got four mock draft Mondays left already, so it's going to come before you know it. We got you covered here Monday through Friday on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Subscribe on YouTube and wherever you listen to the show. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen every day. Make sure your second listen is the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast with the draft dudes from free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. You can find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get Locked On Eagles. Also follow us on Twitter at Locked On Birds, at DiBiaseLoe, and at GC24 underscore football. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening. And let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.